listening to The Calling. As a reminder, if you're having trouble locating us on your app of choice, you can send an email to the underscore calling at hotmail.com and we can send the link directly to you. Last week we discussed the breastplate of righteousness and how direct and indirect influence affect our heart. We discussed the importance of strategically placing Jesus over our heart to protect us against these attacks. This week we'll continue to discuss the body armor of God by reviewing the helmet of salvation. And in case you're wondering, no, you didn't miss anything. If I were following Ephesians 6, the shoes of peace would be next. But it had been laid on my heart to review the helmet next. Although all pieces of armor are equally important and work together for optimal protection, there are two significant battlegrounds in our spiritual warfare, our heart and our mind. After discussing the influence on the heart last week, it makes for a more logistical transition to discuss our minds this week. Lord willing, we'll review the shoes of peace next week. Helmets have been an essential piece of safety equipment for a long time, whether it's war, bikes, sports, construction, among other areas, all require a helmet or headwear to keep the wearer safe from traumatic brain injury. I remember in football, we would line up from one another and just run full speed ahead towards each other. The coaches call it a tackling practice, but reflection calls it crash test dummies for football gear. I remember one night, the area we lived in experienced a severe storm. They called it a derecho. The home my wife and I lived in at the time was not the most structurally sound, and what I mean by that is that when the winds would blow, the house would sway just enough to make you uncomfortable. During the peak of the storm, my wife recognized the need to prepare, and as a result, she put on a helmet and prepared herself for a structural collapse, as I looked out the window in amazement at the violent storm. I also remember one day I attempted to remove a shrub from in front of my house. As I gathered my gear, I went to task. What about you? Have you ever had to wear a safety helmet? Maybe not in the sense of sports or construction. I would even consider a winter or sun hat to be a headwear for safety purposes because these hats shield you from the elements. We all have this in common, which is we understand the value of keeping our heads safe, which is why when something is coming at your face, you immediately put your hands up to shield it from the object. It's natural, which is why God gives us a helmet. So with that in mind, let us go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit into our heart and focus our minds to God's Word as we explore the helmet of salvation. Join me in Ephesians chapter 6, and for context, we'll start over again in verse 10. that states, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is far more than the name implies. The helmet is designed to protect the soldier's head as a whole, which includes the ears, mouth, and eyes. Last week we discussed how influence can transform and affect the heart, and these influences begin in the mind by what we see, hear, and speak, which impact our thoughts. We discussed how the enemy will attack your mind in an attempt to corrupt your heart. As a result, it can lead to a hardened heart that separates you from God in the path of righteousness. 
God's helmet of salvation is an essential defensive tool that protects us with the truth that we are saved through Jesus Christ. When Paul instructs us to take the helmet, he's alluding to the inevitable structure struggle that will take place in your mind. Look at it like this. Your heart is the capital of your body in this spiritual war. It's heavenly guarded by Jesus, making it difficult for the enemy to attack it directly. The mind is where all roads, which are your thoughts, sounds, influence, imagination, come together before traveling down the main highway to the heart. Although we attempt to guard every one of these smaller roads, the enemy is relentless. And like any superhighway, there is an abundance of traffic, making it improbable to stop and catch every disguised attack. As the attacks make their way to the central highway, confusion starts, fear begins, and doubt becomes consuming and all sorts of thoughts are triggered at this stage, creating a tug-of-war between your heart, which is what you know to be true, and your mind, what you believe to be true. When an attack attempts to disrupt your belief, having the helmet of salvation equipped will help you stand firm. So let's explore these attacks from Scripture. In my experience, I believe the mental attacks funnel into three categories. And although they may have a thousand different appearances and names, they all seem to fall under confusion, pride, and fear. So with that, let's start with confusion. That unsure feeling of something being lost or misunderstanding. In Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it states, Now the serpent was the more crafty than any other beast in the field the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Confusion. Is that really what God said? Are you sure that's God's plan? Did you really think? Do you really believe? And these are some of the examples of the thoughts that flood our minds when we're exposed to the attack of confusion. And why not? Confusing an enemy is a very efficient method of attack, and it is a seed that is most prevalent within the body of Christ today. We see it when we discuss sex. We see it when we discuss marriage. We see it when we discuss salvation, baptism, our words, our beliefs, our calling. As a result, we give in to temptation, we judge others, we justify sin, and we lower our moral standard because of the confusion we're exposed to. We become so discombobulated that we lose focus on our primary goal of walking with and sharing the words of Jesus. Take Paul, for example. Imagine being that first group of Christians to interact with him after his intervention on the road to Damascus. You think there wasn't any confusion? This was a man who was on his way to persecute the very people he was now keeping company with. Now stop and think about that. How many of us are confused when we see someone who clearly isn't walking with Christ and then become extremely skeptical of them after they had their own Damascus Road intervention? Avoiding confusion requires us to be sober-minded. Now this statement isn't always and limited to drug and or alcohol-induced mental states. That, however, does apply. I know for for me, I have lived with regret and the need for grace due to thoughts and actions of an intoxicated mind. In 1 Peter chapter 5, the first part of verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Sober-minded also speaks to the overall state of mind, which requires awareness. Paying attention to the things we watch and listen to builds fortifications within our mind. And this comes from spending time in God's Word daily. Building on the influences we discussed last week, our mind is constantly being bombarded with input, 
working in conjunction with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation provides us with protection from the overstimulated influences of today. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, it states, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We belong to the day, which is just another way of saying we belong to the light, which is Jesus. And this analogy is used to communicate the importance of equipping our salvation to remind us with clarity that we are saved through Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's take a look at pride. That thought that we have done something good on our own, the feeling of superiority, and the belief that you, through your own work, have achieved greatness. The look-at-me culture we've created. Pride will blind you to the truth and divert you away from walking towards the Christ and ultimately leave leave you empty and alone. Scripture tells us in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. In chapter 9, Jeremiah and verse 23 states, Thus the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Why? Because let's be real, these things are subjective and never achieved on your own. I would even argue that Jeremiah is referencing bondage through these things. When we place our faith in ourselves, we are never satisfied and always hungry to self-sustain. It is an endless journey focused on our need for achievement in comparison to someone else. Instead, Jeremiah continues in verse 24 by stating, But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, declares the Lord. We are surrounded by an empowering messages that communicate, you can do it. Social media has allowed us to connect with people all over the world, but it has also fed our prideful nature to believe that we are right. We are the best. Look at me. We need to broadcast perfection from our social forums that leads us to either believing that we're number one, or it leads us to be depressed and a sense of failure. Through prayer, we equip the helmet of salvation to protect our minds from our prideful thoughts. Amen. Amen. Finally, let's talk about fear. This tactic is used to create stress, anxiousness, worry, strife, and one we see so frequently today, retaliation. The devil will communicate the worst case scenario, and once you entertain that thought, he exploits it. The thoughts of death, betrayal, insignificance, jealousy, and resentment all stem from a fearful attack. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15 states, For we did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 reassures us to be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Fear is a real emotion that directly affects our actions. Look at Peter, for example. One of the most frequently referenced due to the significance of the Easter story is when Peter denies Jesus three times. And in 2021, this is very relatable due to the fear created by that mob influence. But Peter was also the one walking towards Jesus in the storm. In Matthew chapter 14, recalls when Jesus was standing in the sea in the middle of a storm, Peter had gotten out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus, but then 
he saw the wind. He was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. How many of us start walking towards Jesus but become afraid when the storm hits? How many of us start down the road with conviction for a cause only to be confused when Jesus stops and intervenes? How many of us have allowed our pride to blind us for the need of God's wisdom? There's no doubt about it, you are exposed to so many different ideas, solutions, and alternatives that it is becoming increasingly hard to stop. And the success of these mental attacks increase. You are led away from scripture and encouraged to read self-help books, social media support, and just about anything to keep you confused, prideful, and or living in fear. As a result, your mind can lead you away from the very truth that sets you free. Equipping the helmet of salvation will help you in your mental traffic control. Spending time in God's word will lead you to 1 John chapter 2 that states, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possession is not from the Father, but from this world. Your prison starts in your mind and you can either accept freedom and salvation or remain in bondage. You'll find peace, security, justification, support, all your mental needs by simply having God guard your mind. And this begins with prayer. As soon as these thoughts cross your mind, you pray for protection. But you also need to pray for God to bring these things to your attention. Then comes the hard part. After God brings these thoughts and areas of influence to your attention, you need to be willing to let go. Some of these seeds have started to sprout and removing them isn't easy, but that's no reason not to try. In fact, I would argue that this way of thinking is only holding on to the lie. When these thoughts of confusion and pride or fear cross your mind, pray, because I'm going to be real with you. God's intervention is the only intervention that is going to clear your mind, give you peace, and cleanse your heart. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, 6-7. through 7. Amen? Amen. My wife noticed the warning signs of severe weather as our house creaked and cracked. She prepared herself by putting on a helmet. She was ready for the storm. Fast forward to my yard work adventure, I was bound and determined to remove this bush from the front of my house. I grabbed a shovel, hedge clippers, pruners, turned my hat on backwards and went to work. What I clearly underestimated was the rooting system of such a small bush. As I pried, hacked, and clipped away this detestable vegetation, I would be slapped in the face and hit in the eyes. If I had the proper gear on, none of this would have bothered me, however, I went into battle half-dressed and left my head unprotected. As a result, I struggled, cussed, and made a complete dork of myself as I wrestled with this bush. That's how it works, isn't it? Once the devil plants that little seed, it has a tendency to take root, making it look easy to simply remove, only to find out that it's deeply rooted. And removal, although necessary, will require work and determination. In today's life of social media, our image comes first. It's becoming increasingly difficult to put on the armor of God out of fear of what others will say, out of confusion caused by what others do, and out of pride of listening that we can do it on our own. 
our youth, and I mean people under 30, are living in an era where although openness and acceptance are communicated, perfection is what is required. That is the beauty of our salvation. It frees us from these things. God's gift through the sacrifice of Jesus protects our mind. When our mind comes under attack, God places our salvation, our freedom from the world's vices over our mind. When we're confused because society leads you away, Jesus is there to say, follow me. When your pride takes the place of the cross, Jesus is there to remind you, remember my sacrifice. When fear tells you to turn back, Jesus is there to say, take my hand. This week, I want you to continue to pray God equips you. Continue to spend time in God's word daily. I want you to start to challenge yourself by addressing the areas and the thoughts in your mind that lead to confusion, pride, and or fear. Continue to pay attention to the things that occupy your time. As we continue to move forward together, you're becoming more prepared for when the storms come. I want you to equip the body armor of God and and tell the devil, no, not today. God is calling you to put on the helmet of salvation. Will you answer?